Welcome in. Side Bet Podcast, Super Bowl edition. The Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Never thought I'd see the day, but uh, here we are. And the team's here. Handicapper Jonathan Kinchin, better half Joe Vanina, who can't wait till this whole football thing is over. College basketball, her thing. Producer Terrence Thiege, I'm Lafitte Pinkai. Uh, opening statement, guys, opening sentiments uh, with the Super Bowl just days away from everyone. Super Bowl 58, starting with you, JK. What are you looking forward to most? Uh, look, I'm, I'm just a Super Bowl fan. It's it's uh, it's one of my favorite holidays. I think the Monday after should be a holiday. Um, and, and uh, you know, it's just fun. The excitement of the game and knowing that someone's going to you know, cement their legacy for greatness and accomplish something they've been dreaming about since they were kids. Uh, the halftime show, the flyover, the commercials. I love the commercials. It's a, it's a, it's a busy three and a half, four hours because I, uh, I don't really get up to leave at all. I want to watch the commercials as well. So it, it's always a lot of fun. It's just kind of a sad day because we know that football's over after, uh, after the, the Super Bowl. And gee, like three days till Usher. I know. No, I, I agree with Jonathan. It is, it's always kind of been like a holiday. We always close the restaurants on Super Bowl Sunday, and we have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off from work. So we always had Monday off, which was really nice. So the family always kind of did it big and drank a lot, ate a lot, didn't leave the TV because of the commercials and everything. But I am very excited for Usher. I think it's going to be a fantastic performance. I am not excited about Reba McIntyre singing the national anthem. Terrence can't wait for Reba. Hey, who doesn't love Reba? Other than G. <laughs> Reba, like Reba is Terrence. actually real quick, T. Reba is a is a code word uh, that that we use in this house. I'm not going to say what it is. I'll let you figure it out. But uh, Reba, yeah, if, if if someone has the Rebas, things aren't going well. I wonder if my dad would be interested. She's like like his counterpart on the Benjamin Button part of the conversation. You know? I'll run it by him. I'll run it by him. Terrence, aside from Reba, your highlight, what are you looking forward to most? Uh, just two great teams playing. Uh, as Jonathan mentioned, we're going to see a legacy stamped. Uh, it's either going to be kind of Brock Purdy quieting a lot of his uh, naysayers, or it's going to be Patrick Mahomes winning – his third Super Bowl in what six NFL seasons. Uh, so excited for that. Excited for a great game. The spread under three, which essentially kind of makes it a pick 'em. Uh, we've texted about the idea that, uh, you know, you can put a little less thought into the spread. Will they or won't they cover? Just, uh, just pick a side and go for it. Can't wait. Zillions will watch something for, for everyone. Uh, what I'm not looking forward to is either the Kansas City Chiefs or San Francisco 49ers celebrating a world title on Raider turf. It's just vile and it's blasphemous. That's that's neither here nor there. So let's get into it. It's one game. It's the game. You can pretty much bet on everything. And uh, that's what we're going to cover, JK. So let's start big picture. The Niners favored by two forty-seven and a half is the total. What is your wagering strategy? Well, I mean, I think that first of all, when it comes to these big games, I always kind of defer to who's the better quarterback and who has the better play caller. Um, I, I think in games like this, that can get you a long way. The problem is, is that um, if I was forced to pick a side, I would go with the Chiefs. Uh, I would go with someone who's been there before, 
someone who can get themselves out of a down 14, get themselves out of a down 17, um, someone who's going to protect the football, who can make all the throws, all that stuff. That's Patrick Mahomes to me. And we always, you know, we obviously know what Andy Reid is uh, as a play caller and as a head coach. I, I, just something about it doesn't sit right with me. And it's because I don't necessarily trust them. They haven't been their normal selves all year. They they did get the job done. They showed up here, but they're not the the the, the dominant offensive chief that we've seen in the past, which makes me a little bit nervous in terms of the, the 49ers being a pretty good football team and, and, and Kyle Shanahan, Hook'em Horns being an outstanding play caller as well. So I think that at this point I'm leaning towards the over. And, and I think the reason I'm leaning towards the over is my main play is because my entire betting approach for this game is going to be two great play callers with two weeks to prepare. And I think that when you have two weeks to prepare with two great play callers, the offenses, even if they start a little slow, they will eventually find their groove. And the other thing is that while the, the, the 49ers and the Chiefs, from a year-long uh, year perspective, have been pretty good on defense, they haven't been, like, unstoppable, right? The Chiefs actually are ranked 27th, depending on what rankings you look at, against the run in terms of run efficiency. And we all know that's the 49ers' strength. So that's not a great matchup for the Chiefs. And the 49ers have not been great on defense the last three or four weeks. Although they've gotten the job done and won their football games, they have not been great on defense. That's why I feel like this game's going to go over. So my approach, even when we talk about a lot of the props, my approach is going to be towards a game that's going to be pretty offensive heavy and it's going to lean towards some uh, some over type of situations. The high scoring affair last year, uh, Chiefs defeating the Eagles 38-35, uh, JK expecting more of the same in a potential shootout to Terrence. This is the way it should be. It's the Super Bowl. Both teams are really good in terms of rankings statistically on, on both sides of the ball. That's why they're here. Hashtag analysis. Yeah, both in the top 10 in yards per game offensively and defensively. Um, number two and number three ranked defensive teams throughout the course of the entire season and uh, as far as points allowed per game, uh, which actually really surprises me uh, after watching the Chiefs throughout this year. We always heard throughout the season that the Chiefs defense was better than we were used to the Chiefs defense being. And, uh, you know, here we are at the end of the year and they're ranked number two in the NFL. And uh, honestly, that's as big of a reason as any that they're here in the Super Bowl facing the 49ers. Another narrative throughout the course of the season JK touched on was the lack of productivity compared to years past in that chief offense. I will say those problems usually become more problematic in the playoffs. It's been the opposite that the chief's offense has looked better in the playoffs than in the regular season. Travis Kelsey looked like vintage Travis Kelsey in the playoffs versus what we saw in the regular season. So, so those are the, the X's and O's between the lines, pretty straightforward G. Um, then the off the field stuff. Some of it we've had fun with all season, right? Other recent developments, nothing to take lightly, but because it's this game and everything is magnified, uh, becomes part of the storyline. It's been hard for Patrick Mahomes Sr. Um, he obviously, uh, nothing to take lightly, he obviously has a drinking problem. He was arrested in Texas for a DUI, which it said it was his third time or more. So who knows, it could be five times. Um, he's actually facing 10 years in jail. It was a felony charge. Um, Patrick Mahomes Jr. was asked about it. 
Um, and he basically was like, it's a family matter. We don't want to talk about it. But I guess I couldn't find any articles. Is he going to be able to leave the state of Texas? Is he even going to be able to be at the game? And I know, I don't know. I would, I would think that my family, husband, brothers, sisters, children would most likely be on their best behavior before such a big event in my life. And I feel sorry for him that he has to answer those questions when it's like the biggest game of his career. Uh, a, a, a serious problem, something that's surfaced time and time again. And again, part of the reason it gets tied in with the narrative to a game is because of potential distraction. And again, everything gets magnified when it comes to a, a Super Bowl. G and a, another thing that looked like it may have been a distraction in the regular season was, of course, Travis Kelsey. Taylor Swift and how that's taken on a life of its own now that the Chiefs have reached the Super Bowl. Yes, the big, you know, question is, is Taylor going to make it to the Super Bowl? It's been brought up by the Japanese embassy. It's been brought up by airlines. (laughs) It's been brought up by, I don't know, everything imaginable right now. Um, But it does seem like due to the time difference, she is going to be able to make it to... Las Vegas very late on Saturday night because of the time difference. Even though she's performing Saturday in Tokyo, she's going to get there very late that night. But my thing that was like a little confusing, and I understand that Travis Kelsey is, you know, he's playing the Super Bowl. There's two big events occurring. But I thought that potentially he was going to attend the Grammys because she was up for so many awards. And she's kind of been there through her entire tour to support him. And I want to pose the question was, did Taylor not want him to go because she wanted it to be all about her? Because she did announce a new album at an award show, which is like one of the cringiest things I think you could do as a performer. But... Let's let's start a rumor now. Maybe they're on the fritz. Maybe it's not going to work out. (laughs) Right? I don't know. She she wore a full bridal outfit to the Grammys, so you know. Well, I mean, look, she's done this show. I don't know the name of the tour because I don't really care. Okay, so she's probably done this tour, this this performance. I don't know, probably twenty five, thirty, forty, fifty times already by this point. She just has to show up, get her money. But Travis Kelsey obviously probably had practice last weekend, and you know they're preparing for this football game. Not to take anything away from a musician and her performance, but I think she's probably already the haze in the barn, as they might, as they call it in football. There, her hay was already in the barn. Okay. Yeah, I think we can all agree. Good problems to have, like really <laughs> good problems to have. Uh, so obviously, yeah. So Taylor, we know she's rooting for the Chiefs. Uh, gee, I found it interesting why you're going to be pulling for the 49ers this weekend. Yes, I was. I think Jonathan is going to get the Chiefs. Note to anyone listening, want to get on G's good side, whatever the issue might be, it's nothing that can't be fixed with Peloton. No, my answer, favorite text. The answer is Peloton. My favorite text from Terrence recent, recently was bragging about how many miles he did in January. I'm like, go Terrence. 
See? Yeah, that got it's, an immediate it's, reply. It's, 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 it's contagious. Uh, yeah, as for, you know, every I can't remember a Super Bowl that felt less about football than this one at this stage. Lots of mitigating factors surrounding storylines, uh, I guess a, a sign of the times. I'm assuming that will change around 6.30 Eastern on Sunday. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, moving ahead, the money line. Guys, the 49ers minus 125, Chiefs plus 105, Terrence. You included something in the notes I was blown away by that no Super Bowl ever has been decided by less than three points. I That, that, that was mind-boggling. Yeah, when I uh, looked into it, I actually expected to find a couple, and I went through and saw no, none by fewer than three. A couple have been decided by exactly three. Um, so with this spread being under three, uh, to me, like I said at the beginning, where you just kind of pick a side and go for it now. Uh, if you like the Chiefs, you bet the money line to get the better price. And in my opinion, don't worry about that one and a half or two and a half points, whatever it might be. Obviously, you can still get beat by that, but the odds are unlikely. And if you like the 49ers, I would give up those one and a half to two and a half points and get the better payout uh, by giving up that slim margin. So uh, with that, I do like the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs. I'll be betting on money line. Uh, they have the better coach, better QB. Uh, at this point, at least a equally as good defense. And to me, Isaiah Pacheco has been uh, he's been outstanding uh, throughout the season and especially of late through the playoffs. And I think that he'll be a key for the Chiefs winning the game. Are you surprised? I think you and I both both felt that both felt that that the Chiefs would be favored. In the Super Bowl. Are you surprised by where the lines are right now? I am not necessarily. I thought the Chiefs would be favored. Uh, if you had asked me that question, you know, when the playoffs started, I would have thought the 49ers would be favored if these two teams happened to meet in the Super Bowl. But after seeing what we saw in the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, the Chiefs answered some questions. The 49ers, I think, brought in some questions with the way they've played uh, against the Packers and the Lions, at least in the first half of those games. Uh but overall, no, I think the 49ers, many people still think they have the better roster top to bottom. Money line, JK. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I agree with exactly with what, what T's saying. If you're going to take it, you know, I, I think you take, if you like the Chiefs, you take the money line. Um, or if you like the Chiefs, you know, most of these sports books now, you can buy it up. I would buy it up to three and a half if, if, if that's, but I wouldn't take it at the plus two and a half. I think you're, 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 you're kind of wasting. Uh, points in that situation and and, and I agree and and I, I think that I, I think that the 49ers and you look at a lot of the metrics for the 49ers they are a higher rank a higher rated from efficiency from you know all all of the kind of those analytical categories they are the better football team so I think that's probably why they ended up being favored but with that line being at that two and a half under that three it, it suggests that it's a pick them to them it's just they just got they they can move it to that two and a half without really affecting the sides. People aren't, people aren't going to really anything between, between a pick them and two and a half, you're not going to lead people into taking another side. So I, I think that they just tried to maximize their, uh, the, their, their kind of their point spread there. Yeah. I just, I feel different about both teams right now than I did three weeks ago. Casey going into Baltimore, knocking off the Ravens after going into Buffalo, knocking off the bills and the Niners just not as him. I expected more. Uh, higher 
quality performances in their playoff games at home, life and death to beat Green Bay, the youngest team in the NFL. And the Lions thoroughly outplayed San Francisco for much of that game in the NFC title game. I did. I, I thought KC would be would be favored. But here we are. And that's that's something like you have to remember. Um, you can't look at this like any other game, even though every player in these in all the press conferences and all the interview sessions are trying to say just that. You just play it like it's any other game. It's not. It's a Super Bowl. It's different, Terrence. And with that in mind, uh, perhaps an opportunity in terms of how things will unfold early and maybe a chance to, to take advantage from that perspective. Yeah, as I mentioned, we saw the 49ers struggle in the first half against both the Packers and the Lions in the playoffs. Maybe that continues. Uh, You have the more experienced quarterback on the side of the Chiefs, this being his fourth Super Bowl, uh, Brock Purdy in his first. So if you think maybe there might be some nerves there with the more inexperienced quarterback, you can bet the Chiefs in the first half. Uh, And the other thing I'm just noticing, too, is last we looked, it was uh, minus a half a point. And while that wouldn't matter for a full game, that does matter in the first half because if the mm-hmm. two teams are tied at halftime, you get the half point for the Chiefs. So all in all, those three things combined make me uh, like the Chiefs a little bit uh, in the first half against the Niners. No, I I like it. Uh, Niners have been flat early. Uh, how will Brock Purdy handle the biggest game of his life from Jump Street? Um, segue to individual player props. Always love this uh, with both teams. So many weapons. Anytime touchdown, Jonathan, no surprise. Christian McCaffrey, uh, the favorite, so to speak, minus 210. What caught your eye? Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about the Christian McCaffrey opportunities, even a Travis Kelsey, right? I think Travis Kelsey feels like a very safe play. Um, you know, they, they like to use him down there quite a bit. He'd be one that I wouldn't necessarily be cutting in line to bet, you know, minus 110 straight up. But I think maybe involving him if you like the Chiefs maybe getting a little bit of extra in the same game parlay including him to kind of juice that that payout a little bit more the two that I think are interesting standalones are are Rasheed Rice who who I'm pretty high on in this game as a whole and and George Kittle uh you know look I I think when you we'll start with Rasheed Rice Uh, they've always kind of hinted throughout the year of kind of wanting to get him more involved and he has become more involved he is kind of their big playmaker, a little bit more dependable, a lot more dependable Mark, uh, than than uh, uh, Valdez-Scantling. And so, to me, what's going to happen is that the 49ers are going to do a lot to try to prevent Travis Kelsey from beating them. They're going to play a lot of games with Travis Kelsey on third downs in terms of bracketing him, trying to get underneath him, trying to put defensive ends over him to disrupt his releases. They're going to give him a lot of attention on third on third down and, and other passing downs in that situation. I think it kind of sets up nicely for Rasheed Rice off of those plays. If they're doubling him and everyone else is single, I think Rasheed Rice uh, can get involved there. Also with him being the kind of their big playmaker with two weeks to prepare, you'd like to think that Andy Reid has some design plays for him down the field. Uh, I remember that big, like kind of post corner post route they ran against the 49ers mm-hmm. with, with Tyreek Hill previously. I mean, it felt like it was a six, a six second route, where Tyreek was out there, it feels as if Rasheed could have some of those opportunities. So getting a touchdown is, is one, but then also getting those yards, we'll talk about in a little while, I think Rasheed's interesting. And then George Kittle, you know, for a team that runs the football as well as the 49ers do, where um, the, the the Chiefs aren't great against the run, which means they're going to have to commit more people to the run. I think George Kittle could kind of get nasty a little bit in, in play action situations. So those are the two I thought that, that were the most attractive to me. He's always nasty. 
just filthy McNasty, George Kittle, and Rasheed Rice at plus 130 anytime touchdown. Thank you for helping me capture yet another fantasy title, Rasheed Rice, defeating Terrence in the process. Terrence, wasn't Christian McCaffrey on your second place team this year? He was on my uh, second place fantasy team. Uh, who was not on my fantasy team was Isaiah Pacheco. As I already mentioned, I think he could have a big game or he'll at least play a, a vital role for the Chiefs to win this game. Um, McCaffrey not offering a whole lot of value for that touchdown score at minus 210 you mentioned. But Isaiah Pacheco at minus 120, a little bit better value, even though he's second on the board. Um, McCaffrey has scored a touchdown in all but three games this year. That's counting the playoffs. But Pacheco has scored a at least one touchdown in each of the Chiefs last seven games, counting the playoffs and the final four regular season games that he, that he played in. He set out the uh, season finale. Uh, so seven games in a row where he scored, I would take that bet at minus 120 over Christian McCaffrey at 210. Why does he run like he's trying to start an earthquake with, with every step? <laughs> Isaiah Pacheco, <laughs> what is that? What is it? He, he just runs so hard. He's kind of straight up, and it's just like just so intense. I mean, I, I, he, he's got to have like shin splints or something. You would think it, it's just that like the angriest runner like on on the planet, uh, Isaiah Pacheco. And for Christian McCaffrey, yeah, you remember when you know he was quote too small to carry the load as an every down back in the NFL. Uh, so much. For that, uh, G, but like just because he is the best running back in the NFL and just because he'll be one of the best players on the field in the Super Bowl, like doesn't mean his family and friends get a break in price for a Super Bowl suite. Oh, the drama of this story. I read like six <laughs> articles. It's just gone from one thing to the next. Basically, Lisa McCaffrey, uh, his mom, came out and was like, we can't afford a suite slash even going to the Super Bowl, the average ticket price is thirteen thousand uh, dollars. That's just normal tickets, and then the suite, the luxury suite thing that were still available was two point five million dollars, which is just insane. So Lisa came out and was like, "We can't afford this." Did this whole article, and then McCaffrey's engaged to Olivia Colpo, who's a supermodel and actress, and she came out and was like, "Don't worry." Seems to be mother-in-law. I got you. And then Christian McCaffrey was like, absolutely not. You were not paying that. We are not paying that. So it's been just like this whole drama series of them going back and forth on this suite and not this suite. And then Travis Kelsey and his and the Kelsey Brothers podcast also was like, I make a lot of money, but I'm also going broke by getting my friends and family to come to the Super Bowl and to pay for everyone. And Donna Kelsey, I think she was on the Today Show or Good Morning America recently. And she said that she is not going to be sitting in Taylor Swift's expensive suite because she feels uncomfortable because it's so expensive and she's going to be in the stands focusing on her son. Mm. Mm. Drama. What that what's, what's the average price for a ticket, like not in a 13, suite? 13000 And And here's the thing too. It's like... Um, <laughs> I've, I've been fortunate enough, not for my own dime, I've been fortunate enough to be to go to three Super Bowls and the tickets were not that much when we went. Expensive, but not that much. I think the unique thing about it this year is that because it's in Las Vegas, every single one of those casinos can justify and afford 
buying those tickets to get their high rollers to come into town because they're mm-hmm. going to get a lot of that money back. So they can spend an amount of money that, that you know, you can't justify in a San Francisco or Arlington, Texas, or a Tampa Bay, Florida, or a Miami, Florida, you know? And I, I think that that's probably got a lot to do with it. I, I would love to see the, the profit and loss statement for Caesars <laughs> on how much they spent on getting their big guys and gals to come out here and gamble this week uh, from all over the world and go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Wow. Like Jim Thorpe, Vince Lombardi, like Jesus and shoulder pads could show up at the Super Bowl. Like nobody's getting a comp, anything for this first ever Super Bowl in Vegas. JK, like even if in the end, uh, Christian McCaffrey does wind up scoring multiple touchdowns, you mentioned a player prop regarding CMC you might be interested in. Well, here's the thing. If Christian was smart, he would have his fiance bet a million dollars on him to score two touchdowns. Then they can take the 2.4 and, and pay for, for the sweep. Um, I, I, look, I just think that him and Travis Kelsey are the two most likely players to score a couple of touchdowns, right? They're going to touch the ball a lot. They're going to get a lot of targets. They're going to be red zone targets. They're going to be used in those situations. This is a lottery ticket to me. I mean, there's really no science behind who I think is going to get the most touchdowns or who you think is going to get the most touchdowns. It's such a, a, a situational thing, um, you know, breaking long runs. You know, you know, when you get down in the red zone, what, what, what happens there? It's, it's a situational thing. But I think those two players probably present the most likelihood of doing so. Um, Isaiah, Isaiah Pacheco should be plus 475 to start an earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> Pacheco and the Chiefs, uh, CMC, uh, multiple games, as you mentioned, with multiple scores this year. We'll see what kind of production he puts forth in the in the Super Bowl, Terrence. Uh, after the first drive, after both teams possess the ball once, how how do you see things unfolding after that crucial first drive for both the Niners and the Chiefs? Yeah, I mean that's obviously pretty difficult to predict. Uh, Jonathan mentioned the two weeks with these offensive coaches, these great play callers to plan. Uh, you would think that those those offenses will come out firing and uh, and have a game plan for at least the first drive. Uh, but the 49ers, as we mentioned, have started off slowly in each of the first two playoff games. I think the Chiefs get up early. I think the 49ers are going to have to play from behind again. Uh, there's, uh, as far as the first drive wagers go, uh, I, I would probably lean toward a punt. I know that that's probably the most boring bet in football, but uh, just – Basically coming out Super Bowl for the 49ers for uh, Brock Purdy coming out, not being able to move the ball down the field in the first drive and maybe some nerves get to that inexperienced quarterback and go with a punt. Uh, the odds being at plus 130 right now. And the, and the one thing attempt. I'll say, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. The one thing I'll say about that too, as well uh, is, you know, when you think about these first drives, right? I mean, like a lot of people have like seven for seven where they strip the first seven plays. I think a lot of guys in the NFL, probably script, you know, script the first 14 or sometimes even 21 plays where they script them and they work them all week. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, usually a very efficient time for the offense. They know where they're supposed to be. They know what they're supposed to do. There's no busts. They, but I will say that the way the 49ers play being such a run heavy team, the one thing that can mess up run plays is, is, you know, these, these Superman type plays from defensive players, right? Where Chris Jones, even though you double team him, he splits the double team. Those things are more likely to happen early in a football game before guys get tired. So I kind of like the idea. If you're going to look for one of them to punt first, 
I would look for the 49ers to punt first because they're going to be more conservative running the football and a holding call or a Superman play by someone like Chris Jones can put them behind the chains and lead to a punt. Where later in the game, they could still roll off 35 points. But if, if they're going to get stopped, early is not outside of the realm of possibility. I'll bank on the productivity of the scripted plays working early on before the defenses adjust. And then you wonder about the adjustment to the adjustment that plus 320 and plus 360 for the Chiefs and Niners on a field goal attempt on the first drive looks pretty good uh, to me. The quarterbacks, JK, and the over under in terms of passing yards Brock Purdy, 246.5, Patrick Mahomes, 260 and a half. What are your thoughts? Uh, you know, I don't. I don't have a wager here. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe there could be a wager from what I say. I, I just think it's hilarious, funny, interesting, opposite of the obvious that Brock Purdy, the game manager that we've heard, and I even <laughs> threw that around a few times, is two forty six, while Patrick Mahomes, one of the greatest passers, electric passer, mobile guy, throw biggest arm, all these things, is only fourteen yards higher in terms of the total. Uh, I think that that says something about the way that the, 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 they feel like this game is going to play, which kind of plays into my idea of this over situation. So I, I think Brock Purdy over 246 is interesting. It's just a number that I thought would be a lot farther away from Patrick Mahomes. And, and I've said that before. I think sometimes opposite of the obvious is a good point and a good place to kind of start to look for value. Terrence? Yeah, I think um, I would probably go over with Brock Purdy's 246. Um, he averaged 266 yards per, yards per game this season, counting the playoffs. Um, but there's a different way I like to look at these wagers when you're when you bring it down to just one game or the Super Bowl like this. Um, if you go with totals or average per game, sometimes you might get uh, like a big game he had back in November that kind of skews that a little bit. But if you look at it per game situation, in the 18 games that the 49ers have played this season, he's gone over 246. 12 of the 18 times. So two thirds of the time he's been over that number and only six times he's been under that number. Uh, so I do like the over, but just one thing to note on the uh, contrarian view, the chiefs have only allowed 181 and a half yards per game this season from opposing quarterbacks. Really good pass uh, defense in Kansas city. Something we haven't seen necessarily over the years where they've really improved here uh, this particular season. We can run through these quickly guys. Uh, just a, you know, Chime in uh, regarding passing touchdowns and interceptions for Purdy and Mahomes. Do any of those numbers being offered uh, one and a half for both Purdy and Mahomes in the touchdowns and a half of a pick for both Purdy and Mahomes? Do either of those interest you? Uh, you know, uh, I'm going to just kind of – anything that has to do with offense, I'll always sign with over for this football game. I just think the offenses are going to perform at a high level. When it comes to over, under, and interceptions – uh, you know, when you have great coaching, you have weeks to prepare. Um, you have a good defenses that are you respect. Uh, to me, it, it, this feels like I, I would like to take both of these guys to not throw interceptions. I mean, obviously, it, it's likely that one of them will, whether it's a tipped ball or whatever. But, uh, you know, I think maybe Patrick Mahomes not throwing one. He's been in a situation before. Um, and, 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 you know, like I said, well-coached guys, they know where to go with the football. They're not going to hold on to the football too long. They'll get it out of their hands. They both are mobile, so can scramble to get out of bad situations. So um, I'm not cutting in line to bet it, but I do think under interceptions is both interesting for both of them. Maybe the numbers don't indicate it, but Terrence, Brock Purdy watching him closer in the play, he's more reckless. Game managers aren't normally 
reckless. It's it's take care of the ball. Don't turn it over. Move the chains. He'll try to thread the ball in there sometimes when there isn't exactly a lot of space to do so, or at least try to thread the ball in there. Yeah, he's shown a lot of confidence with some of those throws he's made. Um, and then also you mentioned the kind of the recklessness. This doesn't play into either of these wagers, but I say recklessness. But uh, there were a couple times in those last two games when they're coming from behind on the Cowboys and the Lions, and uh, he took off with his legs more than we're used to seeing from Brock Purdy. And there's a couple times where mentally I was yelling at the TV, get down, get down. Uh, so <laughs> who knows? I don't know if there's a – I'm sure there's a prop bet out there for a quarterback fumble. Maybe get some good odds on that. Sure. Shanahan was yelling the same thing, get down, get down. Segway, rushing yards, totals, and, and there's, that, there's that guy again, uh, J.K., CMC, 91 and a half. Yeah, look, I, I, this, this one I feel very passionate about. If you're thinking about taking him 91 and a half, over, or, yeah, over, right? I would do the rush-receiving yard combination at 129. It just gives you so many more outs, yes, Yes, you need an extra 40 yards, but it gives you so many outs. He catches the ball in the backfield quite a bit. They use him often in these angle routes over the middle. They use him in the screen game quite a bit. So uh, he just has to pop one of those. Couple of, they, he runs the ball so much, he's going to get close to the 90. Even if you don't go over the 90, he's going to get you close. He's going to get you to the, to the 70s or the 80s, even if he has a horrible game. And then the receiving yards, having that kind of – uh, safety net, I, I think, goes a long way. So if I was going to play the Christian McCaffrey thing, I would definitely play the rush-receiving combination over 129. Terrence, Isaiah, Richter scale, Pacheco at 66 and a half. Yeah, he's my, he's my key of the game, as I've mentioned a couple times here. And I'll, I'll go over this 66 and a half. The 49ers were bad against the run each of the two playoff games, allowing a combined 318 rushing yards against the Packers and Lions. Uh, Pacheco's been one of the hottest Chiefs players. They've leaned on him a little bit, uh, and he's been over this amount, 66 and a half, in each of the three Chiefs playoff games. So I'll go over 66 and a half. McCaffrey's backup, Elijah Mitchell, he's a quality yeah. back, three and a half yards. Yeah, so I have a couple of deep dive plays. This is the first of two. Um, I like Elite Elijah Mitchell to go over 3.5 yards rushing. He averaged 3.7 yards per carry. In the regular season, the Chiefs allow 4.5 yards per attempt uh, over the course of the season. So the math says that if he gets the ball once, he should go over three and a half. He had four carries against Detroit last week, only getting seven yards. But still, that seven yards is double what his over under is right now of three and a half. So he may only touch the ball twice come Sunday, but over three and a half rushing yards for Elijah Mitchell. McCaffrey's going to get a ton of work. We know that. I, I think an approach the Niners could use. They used to do this with the 49, with the Rams and just bully, punch the Rams in the mouth and shove them all over the field as best as they possibly can. I think we see a little more Elijah Mitchell, who's that type of bruising, high contact physical runner who can dish out as much as he can take. And Debo Samuel at 16 and a half, I think is, is a steal. I think on some of those end arounds, the jet sweep and another guy that nobody wants to tackle. He's like a thoroughbred out there that intimidation, trying to push guys around and get very physical early on. I think we see a little more Eli Mitchell and uh, Debo Samuel carrying the rock uh, than we have in previous weeks that that 16 and a half with Debo just really uh, jumped off, jumped off the pages, uh, JK. And then uh, your best, your, your, your most significant 
prop bet of the Super Bowl uh, with Rasheed Rice, yes? Yeah, I think I'm going to go receiving yards over there. Um, you know, I, I feel like he's got I feel like he's got a 30-plus in him, uh, whether it's a, a crossing route that he breaks, whether it's a screen that he pops open. I feel like he's got at least one uh, for 30-plus yards, and then I just need, just need to accumulate, you know, first down catches, seven-yard catches, 12-yard catches to get me to that point where I can get the 60, 65 and a half. I, look, I think that the 49ers are going to do a lot of things to try to uh, to prevent Travis Kelsey from beating them. Uh, he's 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 Patrick's security blanket, and when he gets himself in a tough situation, they 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 improvise more than it feels like anyone else in the NFL. And I feel like the 49ers want to take that away from uh, from Patrick and allow these no name receivers that have been made fun of, who have been punchlined all year, although they're improving, have been made fun of. Um, allow them to beat you. And if it happens, so be it. So I, I think Rasheed Rice is going to get a lot of touches in here and, and an opportunity to pop some big ones. Yeah, and, and when it wasn't clicking with Kelsey, which was a good chunk of the season, Rasheed Rice became the number one. Like, that was Mahomes' most productive receiving weapon. Not just wide receiver, but receiving option for a good chunk of the season. He held a record for 24 hours most receiving yards by a rookie in a playoff game based on what he did in the sub-freezing temperatures in Kansas City against Miami. That record, again, was broken 24 hours later by Puka Nakua. Uh, Rasheed Wright, he has arrived, an emerging star in the NFL. I, I like that 65 and a half uh, in terms of receiving yards for individual player props. Uh, Terrence, and on the other side, uh, George Kittle. And, and what are you expecting from him on Sunday? Yeah, our resident football coach, Jonathan, already gave us the X's and O's reason why Kittle might find himself open a little bit in this game uh, if the Chiefs have to sell out on the run a little bit. But statistically, Kittle averaged 63.8 yards per game this season. Um, the Chiefs are very good against tight ends, but it's been documented throughout the playoffs here that they've been extremely good against wide receivers. So I look for Kittle to have a big game, especially if the 49ers end up playing from behind. Uh, which with my Chiefs morning line uh, money line bet is what I'm kind of leaning toward, that the Chiefs will have a lead throughout this game, or at least most of this game. Uh, in 11 games this season, out of the 18 that the 49ers have played, Kittle has been over this number, 48 and a half, and only seven of those 18 games has he been under. Not Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who Jonathan loved coming out of LSU. Yeah, this is my no, second deep dive. Oh, sorry, Jonathan, go ahead. No, 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 I was just agreeing. Go ahead, T. Yeah, this is my second deep dive one. And uh, as you can tell, I had some free time on my hands the other night when I put the kids to bed. So uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire averaged 11.1 yards per reception throughout the course of the regular season. His over-under receiving yards for this game are five and a half. Uh, so if he gets one, maybe two catches out of the backfield, which I think is a very real possibility in this game, I, I would like that over-under five and a half receiving yards. All that deep dive research. G while he's spending his free time on a Peloton as well. You know, multifaceted. They have, they have NBA TV and YouTube TV and Disney Plus now on the Peloton. Just they got it all. You could talk, you know, you could watch some some uh some stats. <laughs> some <laughs> why like why aren't you like a paid spokesman at this point? Why hasn't that happened? You know. <laughs> to be determined. <laughs> make, make, it, 
<laughs> make it happen. Somebody needs to make that happen. Uh, MVP, JK, how do you, what caught your eye? Yeah, I mean, I think this is the way I would approach this is if you, if you, um, it, it, depending on what side you like, I would look at kind of like we talked about dutching a little bit where you can kind of play two things and, and, and just bet a little bit more on the lower odds one to, to get the same return. So if you are, if you're thinking the Chiefs are going to win, um, it feels like to me that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are extremely likely to win most valuable player. So you take the plus 125 for Patrick Mahomes, the plus one, uh, 1,200 for Travis Kelsey, and you, you find yourself kind of meeting in the middle, getting about five, six to one by betting more on Patrick Mahomes at plus 125, a little bit less on Travis Kelsey at plus 1,200. And either way, no matter which one of them gets it, you're going to get the same return. And you could do the same thing with Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey. Um, and even in that situation, it's possible that you could mix in a little Debo Samuel or, or something of that nature if you're looking for it. But, you know, it's one of those things to me, it's also it's circumstantial, right? If Patrick Mahomes throws three touchdown passes, then he's going to win. But if he throws three to Travis Kelsey, then Travis Kelsey's mm-hmm. going to win. And, and so it's those are circumstantial things that I don't think you can necessarily predict. Um, and so I would just kind of pick the side you think is going to win and look for some value. And I think the value is covering a couple of different scenarios. Terrence? Yeah, just to reiterate what he says, you know, and if you like the Chiefs to win the game, uh, the Dutch calculator thing, you know, that's uh, that's above my head a little bit. But it, but it makes sense the way Jonathan explained it. But to put it more simply, in my opinion, if you like the Chiefs to win and you want a better price, uh, you can get a better price by uh, betting Mahomes to win the MVP and just assume that, you know, he's not going to throw three touchdown passes to Travis Kelsey. So uh, I would say betting Patrick Mahomes to win the MVP gives you a slightly more value than the uh, Chiefs money line. And on the other side, if you like the 49ers, I don't mind the Christian McCaffrey bet just because when you watch them, I think. Christian McCaffrey has been the best player on the field for them for most of the season. Uh, so if you think there's a year where maybe the winning team's quarterback doesn't get the award, I, I think this could be one of those years with Christian McCaffrey. Family and friends won't be watching from a suite. Everything you can bet in the Super Bowl, as we mentioned, things that have nothing to do with the game outside the lines, for example, the, the national anthem. And somebody please tell me the people who are in charge of this at Tampa Bay prior to Tampa Bay Buccaneers games are involved in some capacity please tell me they are oh they were no that's see they either they're the ones who ruined it right because <laughs> um we we had someone that we all know very well uh, we used to call him quincy jones um but it's over now so i guess we can just say it i don't care pete rotundo he used to always find out <laughs> from his connections in tv what the rehearsal was and you know you can never really bet a lot but a lot of these you know this is not a serious wager that's accepted because casino or sports books and casinos know that someone knows it that neighborhood you know guy who had a bookie guy who had a website he would take these wagers so every year for like six years we knew what the the over under was on the time of the national anthem and we would bet it we'd get our little five hundred dollars out of the deal and it was a lot of fun but now that guy from that news guy from tampa like stood outside and ruined it so now it's just you can't ever get it anymore and uh ruined one of the best days of the year uh, you know, with the flyover and the unpredictability of what might be played shortly thereafter, for me, the entertainment factor kind of outweighed the the, the wagering opportunity. So I was still hoping somebody <laughs> in Tampa would be would be involved. And uh, Reba, G, singing the national anthem. 
I had just had such a, such such a one eighty to go from Reba McIntyre to Usher. Do you not think that? It's just wild. What do we say? No. Something for everybody at the Super Bowl. Yeah, there is something for everybody. That's for sure. She'll I, probably do fine though. I think she's going to do a fantastic job. It's just I always want her to be the thing that messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I always do. Uh, coin toss. Tails never fails. Any strategy? Is yeah. Like a yearly, do you have Jerome Bettis out there, you know, calling one <laughs> at something else? No, this is just that, this is just that heat check to see if you're a sicko or not. Yeah. You know, betting the coin toss, but Hey, look, you got something you can build your bankroll. I'm never upset at it. No, no. Look, if you, if you bet it, but there's your answer. If you want to know if you're a sicko or not, same can be said for the color of the Gatorade bath. <laughs> it's gotta be red, doesn't it? I mean, well, the Chiefs, the past two Super Bowl wins, last year it was purple. 2019, when they beat the 49ers, it was orange. If that leads wow. any credence. Somebody on that sideline likes those two flavors. So wow. somebody, needs, somebody needs to get a hold of that guy on the sideline who's in charge of what color the Gatorade bath might be. Uh, there's too much time in between the title games and the Super Bowl because we get into this realm as to I know it's different because we've never been down this road before. But with Travis Kelsey and whether or not he is going to propose. There's no way he's a, after the game. He, he's a football guy. I mean, you saw his brother at the Bills game. He had a shirt off, slugging Bud Lights. That family's not proposing after the Super Bowl. They're football guys through and through. So uh, he'll save that for another time. You see him at the blackjack tables last couple of nights, Jason. Have you yeah. seen the, the video of that? Oh, it's, it, that that was too good. He's going to be just as he has been since uh, his last game in essential retirement, uh, having more fun than, than anybody at the, at the Super Bowl. Uh, gee, so yeah. Um, what about, you know, the, the, the ring, of course, that JK was just discussing and yeah, your thoughts on this whole idea of whether or not there's going to be a proposal from Jason to Taylor, from well, Travis he, to Taylor. From Travis. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Way to start a rumor with me. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Um, he was interviewed, and of course, people asked him about it. And he said the only ring he's focusing on is the Super Bowl ring. And I don't know. I just I have to bring this up because it's really been something I've been thinking about all week. What Taylor Swift wore to the Grammys and her terrible hairstyle, and how everyone was like, "Oh, it's so bridal, so bridal," and everyone was saying, "Maybe you know." They're just keeping it from us, and maybe they're already engaged. Because apparently, as what both of them said, they have they have been dating for a lot longer than being in the public eye. So who knows? Is that your uh, your where you stand with her? Is this a long time standing sort of eh, whatever? Not the biggest fan, or is this more recent? Is this a result of simple I don't know overexposure? I. From like her early albums, I just, it's nothing that ever excited me. I never really enjoyed the music. Like I said, every song sounds the same. So like the entire album just sounds like one long song and every album sounds the same as the last album. And it's always like people, can someone propose to her so people stop breaking up with her? Because I can't do another breakup album. <laughs> so if you have a future promoting Peloton, you will not be on Taylor Swift's marketing team 
anytime soon. Uh, maybe, but you may maybe then there's the the usher side of it and and his performance and whether or not he, he's going to be removing articles of clothing. Isn't that another conversation? Is there is there a bet? Is he going to come out? Is he going to come out shirtless? Is he going to take his shirt off? I don't know if you guys have seen, but he has is now the new male spokesperson for Skims, which is Kim Kardashian's undergarments line, and um, it looks good. <laughs> it looks good. There's there's so much whether he's going to have a shirt or not, J.K., which I know you're heavily invested in. Who's going to be on stage with him? Uh, you know, whether or not he's going to have, have sunglasses on. All of this, which can be wagered on. Oh, he's definitely going to have on sunglasses. Um, I mean, that's that's minus 270 uh, on FanDuel, allegedly. So if you could get that, I would I would take all of that minus 270. There's there's a, a 0% chance he won't have sunglasses on. Um, I'm excited to see Little John and Ludacris. Minus 400 and minus 333. That makes me feel like... Those those two things are extremely likely. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Does it have any chance of eclipsing what we saw in L.A. a couple of years back with Jay Z, Snoop Dogg, and Eminem and company? Any shot of being that no. good? Well, I mean, you're asking the wrong person, but I no that that was that was uh, that was pretty. No, it was no. no, it was uh, it was Eminem, Snoop, Dre, Dre, yeah, Dre. I'm sorry, Dre. That's all right. No, it's, it's fine. They all, you know, it, it, it makes sense. I, this will be fun. This will yeah. be fun. I, I, if if Ice Cube would have been there, and a tragic that that he wasn't blaspheming. And DraftKings has a special tab like just quote for the Swifties. What's that all about? Yeah, it's a, if you go under like the Super Bowl special waivers, wagers, there's actually a just for the Swifties tab. And uh, G, you'll have to help me out on these. I'm assuming these are all Taylor Swift songs. songs. 20, I know, I know Antihero is. I've heard of that one. But there's uh, 22. And the wager is any quarter to have 22 points scored. It's plus 400. Uh, Antihero is Brock Purdy, 250 plus passing yards and two plus passing touchdowns at plus 200. Blank space is Travis Kelsey to score an octopus. And by the way, I'm assuming, I didn't look this up. I'm assuming an octopus means you score the touchdown and the two-point conversion. Is that right? Touchdown and the two-point conversion, yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, deja Vu is the Chiefs to win by exactly 11 points, which they did in 2019 when they beat the 49ers. And Fearless is Brock Purdy, 300-plus passing yards and three passing touchdowns. Oh, and the 49ers to win, which if those happen, they likely will, at plus 1,000. KG move here by DraftKings G. Oh, it's extremely smart. Everyone's using this Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey thing to their advantage. I mean, like I said, the Chinese embassies put up statements. American Airlines just announced like an Aeros nonstop flight pass to all the remainder of her shows. It's kind of crazy what she has done to people. Um, it just, I mean, don't get me wrong. She's, She's a phenomenal businesswoman, and just because I don't like her music doesn't mean I don't respect her. But I just also think it's really funny that Terrence only knows the anti-hero song because is it because you're the problem? It's you. I don't get that reference, but the answer to that's usually yes. <laughs> <laughs> the song is "I'm the Problem, It's Me, It's Me." It sounds like that. <laughs> it sounds just uh, like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. How great, how great would that be if like 
Patrick Mahomes got under center for the first play of the game and like his quarterback cadence. 22, anti-hero, anti-hero, <laughs> blank space, deja vu, fearless, fearless, hut. <laughs> oh, my God. The internet will break. How awesome would that be? That would be amazing. Somebody needs to get that to Patrick ASAP. And and for, every, you know, the the commercials, gee, that, that's become – it's so different than any other event when commercial cue, go to the bathroom, cue, get a drink, cue, whatever, looking at the, the, there's like more eyeballs seemingly on the screen from everybody at the Super Bowl party when they go to break. I love the commercials. I mean, they make you laugh, they make you cry. There's so much effort put into them. I hear there's a lot of like musical commercials this year, which pretty, pretty pumped about. <laughs> Is there one in particular? Is any any info leaked that you're that you're really kind of looking forward to? So, I used to be a huge fan of the show Scrubs with Zach Graff and Little. Yeah. The phase on with the. I can't remember his name, but Zach Graff and his like you know partner in the show, and then apparently Jason Momoa is going to be in the commercial with him with them, and it is going to be a musical commercial, which I'm excited about because Jason Momoa is also. <laughs> That's like Katie's favorite person in the world, so that'll make her happy. So she's probably going to be coming over in a hat that says sports on it. So <laughs> he will likely lose his shirt as well, like like Usher Jason Momoa. I'm looking forward to this this SNL thing that they're doing with Kate McKinnon, I think, and Ooh. she's kind of ribbing Pete Davidson a little bit about not being able to maintain a relationship. Like that looks like it it it, it might be good. I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of both. Oh, I love it. So much, so much going on, so much to look forward to. It's been a long couple of weeks without football, but the Super Bowl closing in on Sunday, the first ever in Vegas. Guys, any any final thoughts as we we wind uh, things down here and and you know look back and look ahead to the to the Super Bowl of which zillions around the planet will be will be watching in just a couple of days. I I did see. I just had a good idea. We're, we're not going to have a big party, so I want someone to be able to have this. But I saw um, UFC president Dana White does this thing where he goes down to the casino and buys a bunch of prop tickets for people at his party and hands them out. So I think that'd be kind of fun if you, if you, you know, put $100 in your DraftKings or whatever and bet a bunch of props for $5, 10 20 30 bucks or whatever. It's, it's party gifts for your friends and family to come over and, and get everyone excited, you know, reading, rooting for, you know, Rasheed Rice or, or Jay, or, you know, or, uh, George Kittle or whatever it might be. So I thought those are pretty good ideas some fun ideas. You could take that one step further. Just, I like that idea. You could print out each of the wagers too and kind of have them like a, like a drawing. Like people walk in, they pick a piece of paper, they don't know what wager they're getting. And then they get one to follow along throughout the game. I have one really bone good. to pick. With <laughs> Go that, ahead. That is always part. time for a bone to pick. Always time. His name is Joseph Salivo because he did not save one Super Bowl square for Jonathan and I. It like didn't let us know he was doing them, and they completely sold out. So that was rude because I won the last few years in a row. I might not have received the money last year, but I still won. You didn't get paid, and you weren't allowed to play the following year. There, that's a there's conspiracy vibes there and and that's like internal family stuff so i'm not getting involved but that that's that that ain't right man <laughs> you're wrong not one square not one square guys blast as always thanks so much for joining us for jonathan kinchin 
Jovanina. If nothing else this season, we got the pronunciation of your name correct, right? For G, Terrence, I'm Lafitte. We'll see you next time. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Thanks for joining us on the Side Bet Podcast. We got it, we got it.